This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Today on World Lutheran News Digest... I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. The Chicago March for Life started with just 150 people. But last year, more than 9,000 attended the annual event. Restrictions because of the COVID pandemic make attending the rally difficult. So, organizers came up with a plan. They're taking the march on the road with what's called the Moving the Movement Tour. So, instead of one march in Chicago, the march travels to five different states where people can participate in the march or car rally. In addition, the rallies will be streamed online. March for Life Chicago Executive Director Kevin Grillio is my guest on today's World Lutheran News Digest. And now today's Fast Track. The Concordia University, Nebraska, in Seward, Nebraska, Board of Regents, is pleased to announce that the Reverend Dr. Bernard D. Bull has accepted a divine call to serve as the university's 11th president. Bull, currently serving as president of Goddard College in Plainfield, Vermont, succeeds the Reverend Dr. Brian Friedrich, who served as Concordia Seward's president from 2004 to 2019. Bull will fulfill his contractual obligations with Goddard College for the 2020-21 academic year and then begin at Concordia Seward tenure in August of 2021. During this time frame, the university will continue to be served by interim president, the Reverend Dr. Russ Sommerfeld, who has competently and faithfully served in the role of president since January 1st of this year. Another mom who's prevailed after facing unplanned pregnancy is benefiting from a scholarship inspired by a movie bearing a powerful pro-life message. Sarah recently finished school for massage therapy and took out student loans for the program and licensing. The unplanned movie scholarship will now help her cover the cost to related to school. Sarah, a single mom of four, is the second recipient of the scholarship, a collaborative project with actress Ashley Bratcher and Heartbeat International, benefiting moms facing unplanned pregnancy who choose life and wish to pursue their education. Most Americans back religious freedom as they agree that religion is a fundamental part of people, a recent survey by the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty found. 60% of Americans said that religion, for some people, is a fundamental part of who I am and should be protected accordingly. A majority of the 1,000 respondents across the United States also agreed that religious freedom and exercise are inherently public and extended to school, work, social media, and other places. Generation Z and black respondents supported this belief most strongly, the survey found. Pro-life activists with Springfield Right to Life have reported that an ambulance was called to the Springfield, Illinois Planned Parenthood abortion facility on November 19th. Video posted at the group's Facebook page showed an EMS crew wheeling a woman out of the abortion facility on a gurney and loading her onto a waiting ambulance, which then transported her to an unknown hospital for emergency care. Operation Rescue requested 911 records and received a redacted report that verified the medical emergency at Planned Parenthood and that an ambulance with advanced life support capabilities was dispatched. Information about the patient's possible condition was redacted. However, a garbled radio dispatch audio clip was obtained that noted that an 18-year-old woman fell, 
hit her head and was not alert at the time the dispatch was made. World Lutheran News Digest will be back right after these messages. Hi, I'm Pastor Ted Lesh, pastor at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in North St. Louis County, inviting you to listen to our KFUO radio worship broadcasts on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Active worship, preaching, music, and singing are part of every one of our services at Chapel. Join us Sunday nights at 6. It's one more broadcast worship opportunity for you from your friends at Chapel of the Cross and KFUO Radio. Listening to Worldwide KFUO on the go with your smartphone doesn't mean you have to walk around with earbuds all day. You can Bluetooth across the room to a speaker system in your home or listen on radios that have built-in smartphone cradles. There are many easy ways to listen to WorldwideKFUO.org on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the clear gospel message of Christ crucified for our sins. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. Hi, I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark from Ascension Lutheran in St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lekumski from St. Paul's in New Athens and Trinity in Darmstadt, and we welcome you to listen to Wrestling with the Basics. Matt, 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 let go of me, man. No, no, it's not real wrestling. We're just talking about Bible issues. No. Oh, 9.05 Saturday mornings, 8.50 a.m. KFUO. This is World Lutheran News Digest. I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. The right to life movement continues, despite coronavirus and all the other problems that we're having. The March for Chicago has come up with an interesting view. They have something that they call moving the movement. With me today is Mr. Kevin Grillo of that uh, of the uh, Chicago movement. Kevin, welcome to the program. Kip, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Kevin, tell me about the uh, the the moving the movement. How did this come about? How do you plan to do it, and where is it going to go? Sure. Well. Let's walk back a little bit on this. Uh, about eight years ago, March for Chicago was 150 people in 2013. And since then, last year, we had 9,000 people gather in downtown Chicago, which is the location. I mean, Cook County in Illinois performs the most abortions in any county in the Midwest. So there's a huge reason to be there and a huge need. But gathering thousands and thousands of people is not something that's typically done right next to each other. So this year we, we took a creative opportunity because at this point, since the growth has happened to go from 150 to 9,000 people, people started coming from several different states in the Midwest. In fact, we had 13 different states represented last year and that number looked to continue to grow with a target of reaching 10,000. So in order to do that, we have now pivoted a moving the movement tour. So, so many people used to come to us and this year we're bringing the march to them by setting up different tourist stops in five different states in the Midwest right now. Oh, so where are your stops going to be, and when will you start? Yeah, we start the 2nd of January, because I think everyone is ready for a great way to start 2021. And so January 2nd is a Saturday. We'll start in Madison, Wisconsin. On January 9th, we'll be in Omaha. No, excuse me. We'll be in Des Moines, Iowa. Then we go to Omaha, Nebraska on the 10th. 
On the 16th, we'll be in Fort Wayne, Indiana, at the Concordia Seminary. And then on the 17th, we'll be in Mundelein, Illinois. On the 22nd of January, we'll be in Indianapolis. And then on the 23rd, we'll be in downtown Chicago. Wow. <laughs> That's a very amb- <laughs> it's a very ambitious schedule. Yeah, could you see why I missed one of the dates? Got a little confused. Yeah, we have seven stops right now. And at first, we were targeting you know, about four or five, but this has really picked up momentum and people want an avenue to connect, uh, to have an experience and have a public witness for life. You're, are you working with local groups? For example, you say you're going to Des Moines or to uh, Nebraska. Will you be, are you, are you working with the local life to uh, right to life groups of those communities? Yeah, we have, at this point we partner with over 20 different organizations. And so there are lead organizations at different stops like, LCMS is huge and has been a great partner of the March for Chicago for several years now. So we're excited to be going to Fort Wayne for that stop to be able to, with them, also Right to Life of Northeast Indiana is a local partner that has been helping us out a lot in Fort Wayne. Then if we go out, so they're, yeah, they're all listed on the website, themarchforlifechicago.org, and you can see who's getting involved at which stop. You mentioned, of course, that you'll be stopping at the seminary in Fort Wayne. What about the other places? Do you actually have places set up where you're going to be meeting and marching? Right now, there are the state capitals, which is looking at Madison, Des Moines, Indianapolis, are looking to do marches and are working with state officials to try and create that avenue. But uh, it's, it's becoming an even more challenging dynamic to do so with the regulations, especially how COVID is experiencing or impacting the Midwest states. And so we've always moved forward with our model of right now with the tours to provide an option. Obviously, all of us would like things to be normal and return to what normal used to be, but we have moved forward with two options with margin or a a parking lot avenue. And that's really where the drive-in rally occurs. Well, for example, the Washington, uh, the, the main uh, March for, for Life in Washington, D.C., uh, in the past has been uh, live streamed. Are you going to be live streaming any of these? That would be a wonderful way for people to participate who can't actually go. Absolutely. Yes, we are. We may look at a live stream each location. So you can really, you can live stream into several different marches throughout January. And the way they're positioned, it's each of the four weekends in January prior to the Washington March for Life in D.C., which is January 29th this year. You mentioned that uh, Cook County has the highest abortion rate in uh, the Midwest. How many abortions are we talking about just in that one county? Just in the county alone is looking at... I I know Illinois right now has uh, about the average... There's over 42,000 in the state of Illinois, and Cook County is the largest of that that quantity. And if you look at the most recent health data, it's difficult in Illinois because they delay their reporting, and actually regulations just got changed the past couple of years. Even less is required of reporting in Illinois. But you're talking thousands each year. 
Yeah, Illinois especially has been problematic for the uh, pro-life movement. They have uh, very, very lax regulations concerning abortion. Um, the uh, Hope Cl- the Hope Woman's Clinic just across the river from where we are in Granite City, Illinois, uh, has just recently had uh, two peop- two women have been taken to the hospital within, I think, two days of each other because of botched abortions. I think it's really tragic. And they take a step backwards. I mean, a uh, clinic has not been inspected in the last 20 years in Illinois. So the regulations are very lax. You have more regulations going into a tanning salon than you do in going into an abortion clinic in Illinois. That's incredible. <laughs> Nobody's going to die in a nail clinic, but uh, in something like an abortion where it's in- invasive, even if it's a chemical abortion, that's horribly invasive. Yeah, the, the care for for the woman is, is very lax and, and atrocious. So I, I think the quality of health being provided to either patient is absurd and really, really life risking for each patient. Are you hoping to get the attention of uh, state lawmakers in this, uh, in this area? I know a lot of these states that you're going to be visiting are pretty much pro-life, but boy, Illinois, that's another story. Well, it, it gives us hope to look out at the different states in the Midwest, because if we do just look at Illinois, and of the 12 states in the Midwest, Illinois accounts for one third of all the abortions performed. So one state um, accounts for a third of it, whereas the other 11 states account for two thirds. So there's a huge disproportion of abortions. And those are only going to increase because even during COVID, actually during the shutdown in March and April, uh, the there was an abortion clinic that opened in Waukegan, Illinois, near the Wisconsin border. And obviously there is a large abortion clinic just across the the Missouri River from St. Louis. And it's becoming a place that's attracting different states. So the idea of getting different Midwest states involved and connected, because this is really a problem for all of us, not just Illinois. Uh, So the opportunity to be able to motivate and engage civic leaders is really important. That's been something we've always had key state representatives and and speakers involved, and we want to continue to do that. So how can we uh, reach out to people? As we mentioned, you're going to the the various states, you're you're going to do the marches, if at all possible. Uh, If not, of course, we'll be having streaming rallies, the whole thing on that. Uh, But still, we need to be able to reach out to specific people. Are you meeting with particular lawmakers or opinion makers in these uh, areas? Some will be speaking uh, at the different rallies. So that is one component, but then you can definitely send them a message and email them or, or call their office. Several offices are, are not open right now, but emailing is a, a crucial way to be able to reach out and show support. Another thing we are, are doing to support each community is a diaper drive because we recognize that in the Midwest, 130,094 abortions are performed each year. And so looking at that, we want, we are now working to raise 130,094 diapers to recognize each life and then give them locally to a pregnancy resource center in the different stops we're at. So that is something that they can impact communities as well. Well, this is one of the things I think where the march can really help because uh, the uh, pro-abortion people always say that, well, gee, you don't care anything about the children once they're born, blah, blah, blah. But 
you're working with with uh, pregnancy crisis centers, for example, with these diapers, and they're in every city where these these centers exist, and they do provide all sorts of care once the child is born. And of course, you know, adoption is is obviously a viable uh, is a viable choice. And the pregnancy centers can help with a lot of different things, a lot of different services they can offer to mothers. I think the movement, pro-life movement is incredibly generous. And the idea that it just stops at pro-birth is is not consistent. I mean, the, these centers are incredible resources to communities, both material, physical support, placement, referrals, connections, that they can offer so much. And so for us to be able to gather together and, and give as part of this drive, gives a tangible sign of, of care and really support for both mother and child. One of the things I find discouraging is when I look at how different states are handling their uh, COVID regulations. Out in California, for example, uh, abortions are considered an essential service and the abortion services are not closed down. Uh, in Nevada, you know, they closed down churches, but not casinos. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with this picture? You nailed it right there on the head. I mean, the priorities of what's considered essential right now is drastically out of line with taking care of each and respecting each human life. So the, the importance of that, I mean, you mentioned California, Illinois is also deemed abortion to be essential, as well as many other things that you would think of as, as non-essential right now. If you recall, maybe in March and April, the, there's a PPP or PPE shortage, and yet abortion clinics were still asking for and utilizing PPE when hospitals were running short of it. One bright spot is the uh, the pleasantly surprising uh, election of a number of uh, pro-life people to the House of Representatives, something that really was not expected by the pollsters or the, uh, or the pundits. Perhaps this is showing a new wave? I think there's a huge wave coming forward, incre- increasingly more pro-life, and you see that with the representatives. There are many female pro-life representatives, in fact, 13 or 14 that were unexpected that are now in the House of Representatives, and you're going to see more continue to build because as as we look at science, as we look at you know being able to see into the womb, as we look at what the implications are and how this hurts women long-term, people are, are becoming more and more pro-life. And the importance of standing up for that shows and teaches other people to do so as well. And I think it's especially important when we look at, uh, for example, the Democratic Party platform. Uh, and, of course, the, uh, the Biden-Harris campaign are solidly committed to abortion up until uh, birth. They want to remove the Hyde Amendment and provide for federal funding for abortion. On and on and on. It's uh, going to be a very, very critical few years. Yes, absolutely. Biden had changed his position, which he had held on the Hyde Amendment for decades, and then a 48-hour time period because of the pressure from the Democratic Party to become more. He is now against the Hyde Amendment. I think looking at those things this, this next four years is going to be very important to, to be vocal, to be active, and to try and stop some of the, the changes that this ticket is looking to do. And, of course, the uh, Supreme Court is... Uh 
little bit more conservative than it has been in the past, and there are some court cases coming up, and we'll see what happens there. Uh, it's going to be an, an interesting few sessions. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to how the Supreme Court goes with the, the several changes that have been placed. To see three Supreme Court justices placed in one four-year time span is, is rather remarkable, a change in the, the bench that we're looking at. And I think as the years progress, we're going to see more of what that means for the decisions, especially when it's related to life. The uh, the landscape seems to be changing, as you pointed out. More and more people are becoming pro-life. And I think the statistics, I think Pew, uh, the Pew Research Center has come up with some very interesting figures on that. Uh, you know, there, there's the old saying, there's lies, damned lies, and statistics. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the pro-abortion people are always saying, well, you shows that the, the American people are in favor of abortion. Well, actually, that's not what the statistics indicate. It also indicates an overwhelming opposition to public funding of it. Absolutely. If you just look at it, like, that's why Napoleon has, has taught us and, and taught many people that pollsters can be very wrong on certain things, especially as of late, as you've seen the, the votes and the unexpected tide, you know, the, the turnout at different times. I think polling just as a whether pro-life or pro-choice misses a lot of the nuances involved with it, especially as, as you mentioned, people don't see it just as a black or white especially if you look at third trimester abortions, people are very opposed to that. As a, a country, we're way more against that than anything else. I think it's just also uh, becoming aware, especially in the African-American community and, and Hispanic community, uh, where they are uh, disproportionately being uh, subjected to abortion. Uh, some people, some African-American leaders have even referred to it as a genocide. I think the, the uh, African-American women abort at the rate, I think it's three times the rate of other races. Recently in New York, uh, Planned Parenthood decided to remove Margaret Sanger's name and association from there because her, as a founder of Planned Parenthood, is a huge believer in eugenics and elimination of certain people, groups of people, not just the unborn, but based on race or, or socioeconomic status, which is a huge travesty. And I think the more we can do to limit or decrease abortions across the board, the better in every community. People should need to be reminded that Planned Parenthood was actually founded on racist principles. Uh, as you mentioned to Margaret Sanger, she actually gave talks to the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, the association has been strong and it's, it's terrible. I I don't know why it's, why you would want your founder to be connected to the Ku Klux Klan at any point in time. So it's something that has shaped how these centers are placed in different communities and who they target. Another thing, another obstacle that we're facing is uh, the media. Uh, media seems to be more and more on the pro-abortion side of the uh, of the debate. And it's getting increasingly difficult to get the pro-life message across, even though we're seeing an increase in support for the pro-life movement. That's one of the reasons we were taken to the tour, because we partnered uh, in, in the different cities with local radio stations to help broadcast. Last year, for the first time ever, the March by Chicago did a convention that uh, we, we were hoping for 500 people in 2000 packed in, and we had to we were overflowing it into Michigan Avenue on it. But the, the ability of the partnerships with the radio stations helped us reach out to 
250,000 new people just through that alone. And the ultimate goal, I think, is not... uh... It's not the idea of outlawing abortion so much as making it unthinkable. You know, maybe in 100 years from now, people will look back at abortion the way we look at slavery. One can hope. I think we can work towards that every day. And I think, uh, again, science is on our side more and more. And this is another thing that I find uh, ironic, where I will hear people say, well, you know, the, the science is on you, you guys don't follow the science. Well, actually, science increasingly is on the side of pro-life. At conception, we have unique DNA. It's separate from the parent. It's separate from everything. And the science is increasingly saying, yeah, this is not a mass of tissue. This is a human being. And the science, I think, is just increasing in its support of the pro-life movement. Yeah, as we learn more, it's only verifying what we already knew, that there's a human person growing within another human person. They're distinct DNA, as you said, and they're two distinct humans. Yeah, they, you hear the, the phrase, you know, it's my body, my choice. Well, the fact is, it's not their body, it's somebody else's body. And they're making a choice on whether or not that child will live or die. And the solution towards this societal problem, if you're worried about how a child, like the funds or poverty or other things, that's the solution to that is not separating a mother from her child. It's never been to destroy the family. Rather, if we can build back up the family unit, then we're going to have a much stronger society. Well, Kevin, we're coming to the end of the program. Uh, how can people find out more information about moving the movement, the agenda, where they can meet, things like that? Sure. If you go to marchforlifechicago.org, you can find out about how to be a caravan captain to join us on one of the tour stops. You can become a member and give it a diaper drive. You can attend and sign up to get the details. Again, that's marchforlifechicago.org. And, of course, there are many people partnering, like the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. We are involved very heavily in that. And uh, one thing, of course, we can all do is, is pray for guidance, and that's what we're doing and uh, translating our prayers into action. You know, God uh, intends for us to interact with the left-hand kingdom, as we call it in Lutheranism, the kingdom of the, uh, of the temporal world. We're citizens of both the, uh, the, the, the church and of the state, and we have responsibilities to both. Thanks so much for having me today, Kip. Anytime, Kevin, and uh, please feel free to contact us anytime with any developments you have. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.